We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Pack-A-Day podcast. It is it is game day on this Sunday. The Packers and the Raiders getting ready to play at Lambeau Field starting at noon Central Time. My name is Mike Wendland. Alongside me, Tyler Grezegorek, this week as we give you a quick preview of today's game as the Packers look to get win number six on the season. And Tyler, it's been a dream start, 5-1. and one. You really can't ask for anything more from the Packers. No, you can't. I if you had told me a couple weeks ago or a few a few uh, months ago or whatever, just any any time before the season that the Packers were going to be five and one coming into this Oakland Raiders game in Week Seven, um, I would have been ecstatic, and I would have told you that you were crazy. <laughs> um, there's just been a lot of things that have gone their way. Uh, they're dealing with some things right now, but the Packers are finding ways to win, and that's ultimately what's important. No, definitely, they've won two in a row. They are three or three and one at home. And part of this, part of this really early oh, home stretch, the last home game for a while, and coming in plus twenty seven in points. Raiders though no slouchy that they are minus twenty in the point differential, but they're three and two. They had a big win against the Bears in London. They've won two in a row. They're one and one on the road. And John Gruden's team seems to be much improved from last year as well. Yeah, they really are. John Gruden has done a good job. You know, everybody likes to make fun of him because he's John Gruden, but he really has done a good job with this Oakland Raiders team in his second year. Um, you know, maybe the Bears aren't who we thought they were, but they're still a very good football team. 
And uh, for them to go into London and uh, take care of business with them, um, that, that was a big win for them. And so they're looking to add that, that real signature win to their, to their resume right now. Um, I don't know if they have it yet, but they're going to be looking to steal one from Green Bay on Sunday. Well, absolutely. And before we get further into our preview, don't forget as well to subscribe on wherever you wherever you get your podcast, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, whatever, Google Play. Give us a like, give us give us a comment, and subscribe as well to the Packet Podcast, and follow us on Twitter at Packet Podcast as well. But as we get ready for this Sunday game, both teams are going to come in without some major weapons. Uh, obviously, the Packers are going to be without Devontae Adams for the third week with his with his turf toe injury. Whatever he did say is getting a lot better, and he is already a million times more mobile than he was after the after the Philadelphia game when he got hurt. But he will still be out for at least one more week, and we'll see how he goes for the Chiefs game next week. Darnell Savage also out again with with his high ankle sprain. There was never really any chance of him playing this week. And out for the Raiders, they're going to be missing their number one receiver as well, Tyrell Williams, out with a foot injury. And one of their top pass rushers, Arden Key, out with a knee injury. So both teams going to be really really hobbled for this game. Yeah, you know, and yes, both teams are dealing with injuries. However, I think that the Raiders' injuries are going to impact them more than the Packers will. You know, if if Trent Brown can't play uh, on Sunday, that is just going to be a madhouse for Zadarius and Preston Smith because there's literally nobody there to stop them. It would be Colton Miller and uh, I think David Sharp. And neither one of them have been very good to this point. So, you know, Preston and Zedarius are going to really kind of have their way on Sunday if Trent Brown can't go. Um, Tyrell Williams, he was their big play guy. He was the guy that kind of scared me out of this Raiders offense is the one who could really kind of open things up for them and the one who could really make a true, different, uh, true difference. But if, you know, he can't go now, so who I don't even know who the receiver backup receiver is. Um, but you're focusing on Darren Waller and you're focusing on Josh Jacobs. Uh, Josh Jacobs, I feel like, is going to have a good day. Uh, and Darren Waller is a tight end. Uh, the caliber of player and athlete that he is is not one that the Packers have had to face yet this year. They've played a couple good tight ends. They played Zach Ertz, uh, and they did, a, they did a good job on him. But Darren Waller is a next-level athlete compared to Zach Ertz. And so... Uh, it'll definitely be interesting to see how Mike Patton tries to negate him uh, and his skill set. Especially Darren Waller, the freshly paid tight end for the Raiders. And you talked about Trent Brown. Yeah, the right tackle is doubtful with a calf injury. That's on top of everything that's going on with him that we will not get into. But he, so he is expected to be out. And you're right, their offensive line will be weaker. Gabe Jackson, the right guard, is questionable, but he is expected to play. But again, with a knee injury, that could flare up at any time. And that could really make them weak on that right side of the line. And you're right, it could be a big day, for Pre- especially for Preston Smith, who likes to line up on that side of the ball, on that side of the line. Also questionable is Dwayne Harris, their main kick returner, and an ankle injury. That could mean a lot of time for Trevor Davis in, in the Trevor Davis revenge game. He's already listed as a starter at wide receiver, as their number two receiver. So without Williams, he could be their number one guy, as well as their primary returner. So we may be seeing him get trying getting, getting a lot of playing time and getting a lot of chances at revenge at his former team. Yeah, and that's why I couldn't think of who the second receiver was, because that, that position for the Raiders has been a revolving door thus far. Uh, and I forgot that Trevor Davis had been thrust into that role now. So uh, they also recently acquired Zay Jones from the Bills. That's a kind of a kind of a big move for the Raiders just because of the lack of depth that they have at wide receiver right now. Um, 
you know, I'm looking uh, at the roster. They also got Hunter Renfro, a guy who's going to be in the slot. Uh, he hasn't been as effective as I think everybody thought he might be based off the way that the Raiders were hyping him up in the offseason. But um, those will be the three main guys. And I'm not sure if you're going to see much of Zay Jones. We'll probably see a little bit. Uh, but I think it's going to be pretty much the Tyrell Williams, or I'm sorry, no Tyrell Williams, uh, the Trevor Davis, the Darren Waller, and the Hunter Renfro show in the passing game. Um, but Josh Jacobs is no slouch. He can he can catch some balls out of the backfield as well. Um, you know who else is coming back with the Raiders? Deshaun Kaiser. So there, there's a lot of Packers and uh, Badgers ties in this game, which is interesting. So uh, the fullback for the Raiders is also Alec Ingold. So in case you were wondering... Uh, where some of the former Badgers landed, but um, there's a lot of there's a lot of Wisconsin ties in this game, so it should be a fun one. You're absolutely right. Bayport native Alec Ingold on the return for the Raiders, and he's had a really good year at fullback as well. But on on the Packers side on the injury front, we talked about Adams and Savage listed as doubtful. Are Jeronimo Allison with his concussion and chest injury after that scary play against Detroit, and Robert Tanyan with his hip injury. He did not pr- uh, practice on Thursday and Friday. He's listed as doubtful. And, a, and listed as questionable are Tony Brown with his hamstring, Kenny Clark with a chest or a calf injury, and Marquez Valdez Scantling, who is with a, dealing with an ankle and knee. But luckily for those guys, they all were able to come back and practice at least a little bit on fr- on Thursday and Friday. And I'd be surprised if Kenny Clark didn't play, but it's a little more up in the air for Tony Brown and Marquez Valdez Scantling, especially guys who rely so much on speed to have uh, lower body injuries and. If if MVS can't go, that really limits the Packers offensively because when you factor in Allison, Adams, and MVS, if they're all out, you're relying on Alan Lazard, Ryan Grant, and Darius Shepard. Yeah, and you know what? They made it work the other night with Jarmo Allison missing time, MVS missing time, but I mean, MVS played most of the night. LaFleur is going to be put to the test this week. Uh, Aaron Rodgers as well. I mean, the, the Raiders' secondary is nothing to really call home about. I mean, they have LaMarcus Joyner. He's a good piece, but I'm not sure how he matches up with this Packers uh, wide receiving core, including Jimmy Graham. But Daryl Worley is a guy that you can target in that Raiders' secondary. Uh, Gary Conley's having a good sophomore year. or Actually, I think he's in his third year now, Gary Conley is. But when, when you look at the Raiders' secondary, there's nothing to really be super scared of, and I think that that kind of works in the Packers' favor. You know, when I talked about the injuries, the injuries are more impactful for the Raiders than they have been for the Packers, but the Packers' injury report is just a long list of uh, names right now, and they, man, do they sorely need that bye week, because I think if they if they can have that bye week come up in the next, if they could have it in the next week or two, then they'd be clearing a lot of these names off this list, but, and that's the, that's the other good thing, too, is that they've avoided knocking on wood they've avoided major injuries so thus far and they're they're just kind of lingering ones which are not necessarily better but you know I'd rather have somebody miss four weeks and then come back for the for the playoff stretch than miss the entire season so they'll have time to get right the Packers will but I think that they'll be able to handle the the injuries that they're going to have and Shepard Shepard's a guy that everybody's spoken highly of and I think he he's looking to have a a bounce back game after really struggling last week and then uh, Ryan Grant I don't know how involved he's going to be Lazard hopefully he's not just a flash in the pan Um, I think everybody finally kind of saw what Kumaro was I'm trying to think of who else to even talk about. I mean, there's there's just not a lot to talk about with the wide receiving core as far as like who who's going to step up and uh, who can be impactful because there's only a few names to really talk about. Absolutely, and and don't forget as well, big Evan Bayless out there tied in with Mercedes Lewis as well, and maybe even some Lucas Patrick at tight end. You never know. 
The Packers are going to be doing have doing a lot of creative stuff as far as on the perimeter with their skill positions to try and get things going. And then, of course, you do have the big ones with the, obviously Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, Danny Vitale. And a lot of people, you're never out of a game with Aaron Rodgers. So they, he can make anyone look like an all-pro for at least a week. So we'll see what happens there. Especially the Raiders coming in, they're, they're an average defense at best. They come in 21st in points per game. They average... They allow 24.6. They're tied with the Jets, so it's not exactly spectacular company, but the Raiders have been just kind of all right defensively. You're right, there's not so many superstars out there, uh, especially with Arden Key out. They're, they're a solid team. Gruden's done a solid job with that defense, but they can be they can be beaten, and beaten pretty easily. Yeah, you know, I think if you're going to beat this defense, too, it's going to be through the air, and so that's that makes this interesting, or this matchup even more interesting because Gruden has done a good job of kind of beefing up the middle of his defense and um, he's got Maurice Hurst and big Jonathan Hankins who's very underrated in the league right now Uh, he's one of the best run stuffers in the NFL probably you know maybe second or third behind Damon Harrison Maurice Hurst is having another is having a good year he looks like he's overcome that his heart issue that really caused him to drop and uh, in his draft class, and you know, you, if you're gonna if you're gonna run the football against the Raiders, they're gonna do it on the edges because those two guys are solid. So I'm really interested to see what Lafleur does. He did a good job against the Lions last week and really kind of developing a game plan to attack them. And uh, the defense did a fantastic job again. Mike Patton has has really got this group playing on another level, even with even without Darnell Savage, who uh, I can honestly tell you his absence was notable um on certain plays against the lions uh, so it'll be really good to get get him back soon but will redmond's done a good job in um in replacement of him he, he's still got some it looks like assignment or coverage things to figure out but i mean that's gonna always happen when you're when you're throwing backups in there so this this, this raiders defense though i mean they've got they've got a couple of good safeties and um They've got the interior defensive linemen, so you know, kind of, kind of take that for what you will. But you're gonna, Jimmy Graham's probably gonna have to have a good day, uh, good day on Sunday, uh, because there's just no reason why he shouldn't, other than maybe Lamarcus Joyner manning him up. But I don't see the Raiders viewing Graham as that much of a threat. So somebody's got to step up again on this offense. Could be Aaron Jones, Jamal, uh, Jimmy Graham. Could be Jamal Williams, but one of those three is gonna have, to have a big day again. No, and and ideally they'll use Graham like he did when against Dallas, just. So most quick eight yard yard get those first down type plays and then get him down the sideline a little bit where he had some really nice plays on there against Dallas use him like that because he, he he did struggle last week uh, and I know the people around me when I was when I was at the game were not very high on Jimmy Graham and to the point where I was about to punch them but it's it is what it is we'll see how what happens in in week number seven for Jimmy Graham in the offense. Defensively, the Packers come in eighth at 19.2 points per game, just just behind Dallas in the rankings, just ahead of the Denver Broncos as far as scoring goes. And it's been it's been the Smith brothers who have been so good, and and they and they can't celebrate. They just can't pull the Raiders from a couple years ago and have their celebration get them caught off sides. But when you look at what they've what those two have done for this defense for this pass rush, it's been nothing short of a revelation. It's been. They have arguably been the two best free agent signings of the year in the NFL. They've been so good. They are both on pace for career highs and sacks, and they have been single-handedly dominant for Mike Patton's crew. They really have, and I don't want to, you know, understate the value of Adrian Amos either. You know, he's not been on the same level as the Darius and Preston, but I think we knew what 
what Amos is going to be coming in. And he's done exactly what I think Patton has wanted him to do, which is just kind of be a, a safety blanket and a security blanket for this defense. A guy that you can know that you know will be where he needs to be and will he he will do what he needs to do. But for the most part, you know, it's been the pre- the Preston and Zadarius Smith show. Um, and I don't know if you heard, but they're actually are go- they actually are going to be allowed to celebrate their sacks. Apparently, Matt Lafleur uh, approved that. So, um, what we should see, hopefully, uh, a sack celebration on Sunday. And um, you know, these two guys they can be good for a while because they're entering their athletic prime and their football player prime right now. Uh, this year and next year, they're they're entering their primes, and so you hope that they can just continue this for the length of their contracts because we know that they gave the, the Packers gave them a lot of money, so they're certainly earning it right now, and um, there's nothing to indicate that they won't continue to earn it because the way that they're producing is a very sustainable sustainable way of producing. Well, absolutely, and yeah, they yeah they'll be they can celebrate. They even choreographed it for Matt Lafleur. They said already, but. Yeah, the big thing was because uh, I remember that Raiders game a few years ago when it was, I think it was uh, Rolando McClain and Sion Moore got caught in the backfield in a, in, during a two-minute drill, and Justin Tuck had to call a timeout, which was a good veteran move by Tuck, but yeah, that that's what LeFleur's trying to avoid, but take your time, it's going to be good. I had a good view of uh, Smith Zarius' go-to-sleep go to celebration on Monday. That was really, really funny to watch, and it's... It's good to see just the joy these guys are having on the field. And, and the only thing I noticed as well as far as with the Smiths it was, at least compared to when he was in Washington, I don't know if it's just me, but Preston Smith does look a lot lighter than he was with the skins. And it seems to have really helped his, his pass rush. Well, they asked him to do different things in Washington as well. They asked him to be an edge setter. Um, not that he's not doing that in Green Bay, but... Pettens is kind of giving him a little bit more free reign. He's also asking him to drop off into coverage, I think, a little bit more than he did in Washington. In Washington, they needed him to kind of be a bookend with with Ryan Kerrigan. So um, that was the way that they were using them there, and uh, I'm not sure that was his best. I'm I'm not sure that's what he was best suited for. I I think right now Petten has decided he's just good when he's rushing the passer, and he's just he's like just go. He said just go and get to the quarterback. And um, I think I saw the statistic on Twitter the other day that he had the fa- he has the fastest sack in the NFL this year, which is like 2.6 seconds. And it was like 0.6 seconds to the next closest person. Like he can cover a lot of ground real quickly. So Preston Smith is just playing on another level, and I think it's because he's being put in the right right position to succeed. You know, you're right. Yeah, that sack he had on Monday when he all he did was watch the play clock, and when it hit zero, he just said, "I'm going to go." And then and he and he beat the tackle out of his stance, and there was no chance for Stafford. And it was it, that was something special. And it makes you wonder how is Washington not better when you had Kerrigan, Smith, and Iraq Paul together? It makes you, it was always makes you wonder how teams can underachieve when you have that level of talent. But offensively, we've talked a little bit about these two teams. Oakland coming in at twenty first, or sorry, coming in with their offense scoring. They are nineteenth in the NFL at twenty point six points per game. Green Bay is fourteenth at twenty three point seven. So they've really improved over the course of the season every week as far as their scoring goes. And like I said, both teams shorthanded. Both teams going to rely a lot on the running backs and tight ends in this one. And one thing that will help the Packers' defense against Josh Jacobs has been the emergence of B.J. Goodson. He's played very well the past couple of weeks. He had some big-time hits against Detroit. And he seems to have really kind of come into his own as far as a run defender from the, from the base defense. And Oren Burke's return is helping as well. And, and how do you see this linebacking core 
are really uh, slowing down who might, who, a guy who might be one of the favorites for Offensive Rookie of the Year. Well, I think Blake Martinez has a big day, actually, on Sunday. I think that uh, Dean Lowry, who had his best game of the season uh, against the Lions, uh, Dean Lowry and Kenny Clark, who I expect to play, um, Montrevious Adams, those guys are just going to eat blocks and shed uh, they're gonna be they're gonna be all over the place um, and in that backfield and I think that's gonna create a lot of lanes for Blake Martinez and I think he has a big day I think that Mar- Martinez is just gonna rack up the tackles on Sunday maybe even get a turnover I just think that he's gonna be playing out of his mind on Sunday for some reason so um, but BJ Goodson too he he has been steadily improving um, I didn't get a chance to see too much Oren Burks last week and exactly what he was doing but. You know, it's good to have him back just to have the depth of the position. <laughs> so I'm, I'm looking I'm looking for the linebackers to be good because they're going to have to be because Josh Jacobs is how this Raiders offense wants to move the football. They want to run it, and then they want to throw play action at you. Well, the big part of the play action was having a big, big play threat in Tyrell Williams, who is not playing on Sunday. So you get a big break there. Uh, they, but they do have Trevor Davis, who could easily be a big threat player uh, or a big big play uh, kind of guy. And so the whole key is just going to be stopping the run and stopping Josh Jacobs. Uh, so I think if you can do that, you're really going to keep this this uh, Raiders offense to a standstill. And you know if you're if you're looking back at the Raiders and Bears game, the Bears could not stop the run. So if the Bears could not stop the run. What does that tell you? So, you know, I'm looking I'm looking for the Packers to do that because it's going to be necessary. Absolutely. And then, of course, the under, underside of this Packers is what they're going to need to do is with both teams banged up at receiver, the Packers have the edge at corner with Kevin King. Tremont Williams is having a great year at, at his advanced age. Charles Woodson just tweeted a lot about on, on Friday about what he's seen from Tremont Williams and from the old man and how well he's done. And also, obviously, Jair Alexander. All three of those guys won't have as big of a challenge as they did against Detroit or Philadelphia or Dallas. And there's maybe a chance they could be a little more aggressive against Oakland. Derek Carr does have a little bit of that gunslinger in him at times and makes you wonder if there will be a few more chances at uh, creating a couple turnovers through the air as compared to the last few weeks. Well, I think you're going to see matchups um, uh, on Sunday. Again, like we saw, we've seen in the past, uh, Kevin King got matched up on Galladay and that wasn't necessarily a good matchup. Kevin King kind of ha- was not. He kind of got beat beat up on Sunday. Or I'm sorry, Monday against the Lions. Um, but you know, I think we're going to see Jair Alexander on Trevor Davis, or or possibly Hunter Renfro, depending on how they want to game plan and scheme around that. But I mean, like like we talked about earlier, the Raiders secondary uh, wide receiver group is nothing to really be concerned about right now. So I actually wonder and. Maybe you can speak on this. What would you think about putting Kevin King on a guy like Darren Waller? I was thinking, I was thinking maybe Jair Alexander. Because I remember against the Bears last year when they had to put on Trey Burton, how good he did. His, it was his first NFL game. He did a very good job there. But I think one of them on Waller would be great, especially if you can bracket that with with Will Redmond or Adrian Amos. I think yeah, I think Waller because Waller's their biggest threat. I think on the perimeter, he has been very very good as far as a receiving tight end. And you're right, it could be an interesting matchup to see what Mike Pettin does with it. You may see some Oren Burks there as well. It all it all depends on the down and distance type of scenario. But uh, yeah, because I think I think we'll see a lot of Tremont Williams on Renfro, and then either King or Alexander on 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 Trevor Davis. That might be more of a Jerry Alexander just because how how small and very fast Trevor Davis actually still is, which could lead to King on Waller a little bit. 
big thing that makes me a little nervous there is Waller is physical, and King is still banged up. He's still battling, and 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 he showed that against Detroit for all, for all the flat King got for that game, and for those two big plays, he he did get beat. He 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 did show the the groin injury a little bit on those two big plays, as well as the lack of communication with his safeties who both bit on the play fake both times. So it's one of those things where the Raiders could maybe try and exploit that, but there's the storm of the pass rush on a weaker offensive line in Oakland compared to Detroit, as well as not having a receiver like Kenny Galladay that could make it a little easier for Kevin King to maybe match up with a Waller instead of having to be more on the perimeter. But luckily talking about all of this means that there's so many more options for the Packers to have defensively. And it's something we haven't talked about in such a long time that is very refreshing. No, it, it is. The fact that I could sit here and be like, oh, well, they could do this, and this could work. This, they could do this, and this could work. They could move this guy here, this guy there. You know, it is it is refreshing. And it's, it's a very exciting time right now because this defense is playing at a high level. Uh, I can't remember the last time that that I did feel this way about the defense. You know, and we were all excited about the defense coming in. And uh, they've certainly lived up to the hype so far. Uh, I think that there's maybe some concerns in the run game, but I think also Mike Patton has showed, hey, if I want to stop the run, I'll stop the run. Like, he has a plan for every single game, and uh, the Raiders simply right now on offense are going to be too banged up, I think, at key positions to to really have much to offer. And I don't want to say that they can't, you know, can't score because they're still an NFL offense. They're still, you know, NFL players, but it's just... In the long run, you just you just look at the key positions here, and I think the Packers just met up. They match up incredibly well. Well, especially the fact that they'll be playing on a 100-yard field for the first time this year against each other. There, there's there's no there's no dealing with whatever that was up in Winnipeg. But the last thing I kind of want to talk about before we wrap things up for today is the special teams battle because that is an important thing. The Packers, I don't want to say they won the special teams battle against Detroit because I don't think they did. Matt Prater did kick five field goals, and the return game was. Be, to be frank, horrendous, but the Raiders aren't a great special teams either. They but they do have the returners in Dwayne Harris and Trevor Davis. But Crosby, I think, has the edge of kicker. J.K. Scott has been a weapon at punter, and Hunter Bradley is shown to be very, very good assisting with the Lambo leaps. So there's there's the Packers special teams as far as their specialists, I think, are having a very good year. But you got to make sure you keep the Raiders' return game in check with with Davis and Harris there's two of the best in the game for Oakland yeah you know and I think with Darius Shepard I think we'll see him out there again the thing I'm looking for with this team and this is a big thing from years past I just want to see adjustments made you, you know if if Darius Shepard's gonna go out there you saw it on Monday actually after that first mistake it he just he got he got a little scared but he didn't turn the ball over again he had a bad he had a bad night otherwise, but you know they were just like, all right, just go out there and just catch it. Just go out there and catch it and fair catch it. Like I don't care if you have if you think you have time to make a play or not, just go fair catch it. And that's what happened, you know. And so I just want to see more adjustment. I want to see more growth, more development. And honestly, in years past, you just see the same thing week after week, play after play, you see the same thing happening again and again and again. I think that's why it gets so frustrating. I don't think we've seen that yet this year, and so I expect there be a little I expect there to be a little bit of a difference in the return game, whether or not it's more confidence in Darius Shepard or it's somebody else returning the kicks, like Tremont Williams, Jair Alexander, you know, I don't think that I would want Tremont or Jair returning kicks. I think Shepard was brought onto this roster to do that. So that I mean ultimately I would like Shepard to 
gain the confidence and experience he needs to be effective in that role. But I just think that the the special teams for this team are much improved, uh, and I don't we don't have any more Ron Zooks on the staff. I don't think so. There shouldn't be the same issue and flabbergasted state of minds from week to week. You know, we should we should be seeing improvement uh, and changes if necessary. No, I think that's spot on. That's that's something to keep an eye on. And and just as a side note, one of the interesting things to, um, for anyone who is listening who is a subscriber to the Athletic. There is a really good story from Jason Wildey about about J.K. Scott and Hunter Bradley. How because both of those have really improved the season, especially with the the process of the snaps and holds. They're neighbors, so they practice in their backyards together. So that's I just thought that was kind of a really funny thing to see with the Packers and how this team has grown closer, both figuratively and apparently literally. But well, of course, we all know the big battle. We want the fullback battle of the day. We want Northwestern versus Wisconsin. Danny Vitale and Alec Ingold. There's the big one to keep an eye on. His full like battles are always the best. Yeah, I, I I just think this is going to be a fun game. There's a lot of fun matchups all over the place, and there's a lot of fun stories. So I think this is going to be a fun game overall. Absolutely. And so stay tuned for that. Noon today for the for this Sunday game, Packers and Raiders. Packers looking to get win number six. And if they get some help from the Lions over the Vikings, they could really take a stranglehold in this NFC North division. Raiders trying to keep pace with the Matt Moore and the Chiefs under Andy Reid for that one. But as we wrap things up, Tyler Grezegorek, where can people find you? What are you working yeah, on? So as always, you can find me on Twitter at Tyler underscore Grez. Still writing for that Dynasty Nerds fantasy football website. Uh, I have two weekly columns, uh, weekly flex sits and starts, and then also a weekly stock report for your Dynasty teams. So, um, you know, uh, that's where I'm working right now. Uh, there's some other things coming out in the near future. So stay tuned there uh, with some other members of the Packaday team. So uh, definitely make sure that you're keeping your eyes on Twitter for that. And um, yeah, I mean, uh, it's just, uh, it's, been a, it's been a fun season so far and uh, I can't wait for it to continue. So let's, let's make sure that happens. Absolutely. And of course, you can find me at Mike Wendland on Twitter. I am currently writing a uh, Wisconsin Badgers draft guide essentially for Dairyland Express, the uh, Packers fans, one of the Packers fan sided affiliates, breaking down how the Badgers draft prospects stack up and who's rising, who's falling, and where they could possibly be selected. Also working on a, uh, a all-time Packers draft team that is currently in the process of being formulated. That's a lot of work so far. But other than that, again, stay tuned every day for the Packaday podcast. Stay tuned for Andy's breakdown of the game on Monday. No matter win or lose what happens, he will be there to break down what went right, what went wrong and what has been fun for the green and gold. So that, we will say so long for now. Enjoy the game. It's the Packers and the Raiders on Sunday from Lambeau Field. And of course, and as always, get loud Lambeau and go Pack Go!
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.